Welcome to Pure Awesome Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 178. Yeah, 178. And you know what that means? It means... Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. Yeah, it's a little weird, right? We're starting with the hustle of the week because this is the hustle of the week episode. and The it, mega hustles of the week. Yeah, it's mega because uh, we're actually going to be talking about not just hustles of this week for us, but we're going to kind of go back through some some of our, our past huge scores, what our big hustles were. Uh, and then we've got some incredible hustles from a lot of our listeners. So uh, the nice thing that I always think about the hustle of the week, because sometimes it's like, okay, it's a cool story. A lot of times hustles come with like great stories, cool like story, interesting bro. things yeah. that happen, you know. Um, sometimes it can feel like, hey, I'm just trying to be braggadocious of like what I picked up. Yep. But the reality is a lot of times these things become bolos, right? Because mm-hmm. we have our bolo like, hey, look out for this certain type of fleece jacket because but a hustle of the week is kind of unique because it's it's a specific time that you got a specific item. And then that opens up doors for other people to say like, OK, now I can be on the lookout for that. And again, you get the uh, the sometimes crazy stories. I mean, we've had some hustles of the week sent in by listeners where I'm just like, my mind is blown. Like, wait, you found what in a garbage can? Like, that's amazing. So uh, literally in a garbage can. Yeah. So and and that's what's been tough because, you know, I'm not as it sounds weird saying this, but the larger we grow in following. Right. The more that hashtag hustle of the week continues to grow. And so. It was easy, like the first month, like, hey, send us your hustle of the week. And we were like, I think we got three. Mm. And now it's like insane. Like now we have to choose. And it's hard because, you know, we can always choose a huge home runs where it's like somebody made $90,000. We haven't had that. But actually, we've had people make like 50K yeah. on these hustles yeah. of the week. But we also know that hustle of the week is relative to the person, too, because if you're a brand new seller, and I'm going to talk about some of my hustles of the week that I wanted to share, selling to something from one to like 50, it's a big deal. Like that's huge, right? So we always want to make sure we're not just highlighting the huge, huge home runs because it's relative to the person. And the other thing is to, I wanted to get like a good you know, kind of, I don't know, smorgasbord, like, you know, variety of hustles of the week, right? Because... There's so many different options from trash cans, like you had mentioned, to pawn shops, to auctions, to off price stores, to garage sales. I mean, you name it. And so I really thought this would be an encouraging episode. I know right now people are kind of back and forth because, you know, everything and the uncertainty. But here's the deal. Even through the uncertainty, people have been having major scores in it. The home runs are still out there. Yeah, no, it, 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 they really are. And and. I'm really excited for this episode. One thing I think is going to end up happening, uh, at least, no, probably all of the stories that I'm going to tell of my hustles. I've at some point or another in the podcast told the story before. Um, I don't think, I mean, maybe I'll have some stuff to sprinkle in here and there that's new. Uh, So if you're a long time dedicated listener and you've listened- A real one from day one. You've listened to every episode, maybe twice, right? If you're, if you're, if you're that hardcore, if you're that much of a pure hustler, then um, <laughs> then you probably heard some of these. And so I want to give like a caveat right off the bat. Um, I I didn't do like really well in the beginning of like documenting. I mean, I did through podcasting, right? Like, so I've told the story. And so if I took the time to find what episode did I tell that story? Um, so I, my numbers might be a little bit off. Like 
if I say, Hey, I picked this up for 50 bucks, but actually like I paid 55 for it. Like, I don't remember the exact numbers okay. of like purchase and sells, but I could get pretty close. I think it is hilarious that you bring that up. Do you remember what I said about my ability to remember things last episode uh-huh. and update that I pretty much 99% of the time remember stuff. So the very next day I did an Instagram story and my price was off. Mm. So on the feed, I put that I bought a jacket for 20. I went back to my Instagram archive and I bought it for 10. And somebody goes, that's hilarious that you got that wrong. Because I remember back in the day you saying on a podcast that you don't forget. And I'm like, actually, what's hilarious is I just said this in the last podcast. Yep. So. I, we well, all make mistakes. I, I think we're all willing to forgive. I it's, think it's, it's okay. It's the spirit of the story that's often more important. As long as it's real. That's right. As long as it's real. All right. How, how about you get us started? Do you want to get us started? Oh, man. We're going to get started with me. Um, So this brings me back to probably one of my biggest and first uh, bulk buys, right? So when I first started reselling, had a lot of really good... Like when, when I was thinking about this, like, what do I want to talk about? I had a lot of really great like single item pickups when I very first started. Um, I, I feel like I got really lucky at garage sales and thrift stores. I mean, I picked up that Mac hat, the, the Apple hat. I picked up that skin caliber. I picked up some camera equipment. I picked up a lot of like one-off things that were uh, made me a lot of money. But I, I remember my first big purchase where I dropped a lot of money. Once. In fact, it was so much money I didn't have it on me. I had to like Venmo the person uh, was my Department 56 haul. Hmm. All right. So, and again, if you're a long-time listener, you're like, yeah, I know your Department 56 haul. Uh, but this one was really good for me because... Um, this was still relatively early on for me as a reseller and I, I was driving around garage sale to garage sale and I just, I wasn't doing really well. Like I, I probably had like two or three things in the back of my trunk and it's getting to that, uh, past golden hour time, right? It's like 10 o'clock, 10 30, closer to 11. No, you know, go- yeah, golden hour is like, you know, six to, to eight maybe is like when you're really like, you have the best chance of getting the good stuff. Hey, I was 40 minutes early today to a garage sale. Were you? It worked out. Nice. But that's for the update episode. Well, and see, when I first started reselling, my thing, my my strategy was I would map out on Google Maps or whatever. I would use Craigslist and I'd find all of the 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 listings that said like starting at six, right? And so Whoa. I'd find I'd find all of the ones in like my region that started at six and I'd map out what's the best way to get to as many of these as I can before seven. Then I'd pick all the ones that said starting at seven and then I'd make a second map for those. And so my idea was I wanted to be at as many of them as I could as close to the time they started. Huh. And so I remember I I probably only did like six to eight of like a handful. And then by the time I get to like start at eight o'clock, I've already got like 20 garage sales on my list. I'm like, all right, there's no point in me looking anymore. And I don't know if I had um, yard sale treasure map at the time. Maybe I did. Uh, but anyways, so I had pretty much gone through most of my route and didn't have a lot of stuff. And I looked on, it was either Craigslist or yard sale treasure map. And I find that there's a, a, a listing that said department 56. And I'm like, oh gosh, it's like 10 o'clock or something right now. Like there's no way there's any department 56 left. Um, and I I think I'd only picked up one department 56 item up to this point at a thrift store. I paid up for it, you know, I probably paid like 15 or $20 for it. And so... I'm like, there's no way. And so I pull up and as I'm driving up, like my heart just starts beating super fast because their entire driveway and their entire um, like lawn is just covered in boxes. And I'm like, so strange. This is crazy. Like, did you ask them when you show? Well, you're telling the story. Go ahead. Tell your story. No, I mean, I I didn't say like, how long have you been doing this or have other people tried to pick this up? But this was so early in my reselling that I hadn't been, I wasn't comfortable yet telling people I was a reseller, right? I wanted to still make people think, hey, I'm buying this for myself. So I'm looking at this department 56 stuff and I just quickly am like, all right, 
I haven't done enough research to know how much this stuff is worth, like really, like I've only sold one piece before. So I do a couple quick lookups of a couple of items and I'm like, oh man, like I could sell this for 40. Ooh, I could sell this one for 75. Like I'm seeing some pretty high comps, right? So I'm like, all right, here's my, here, here I go. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to lot it all together. And it's the first time I did anything like this. So I walked up to the lady and said, how much for everything? Right. And That's I remember a big step as a was. new seller. It really is. Cause you're going all in and I'm going to share that later on, but you're going all in and there must've been some kind of uncertainty or anxiety. Like, did you even like call your wife and let her know what you're about no, to do? No, I mean, at that point, luckily uh, we, we've been growing as a business and okay, reselling okay. that I knew she, she was comfortable with my buys. That's the nice thing. There's been a few times where I bought something and then like it sells like six months later or seven months later for like a, pr- a good price. And I'm like, whew. I was kind of worried I got a bad deal. And she's like, I, I never question it. If you get, nice. when you buy something, you. I know it's a good deal. And if, if it's, if it's a flop, I mean, it's going to be occasionally happens, but she never questions. Like when I make a purchase, she knows I do the research, which is com- comforting, but also it's like, how much money am I going to drop on this? And I, I don't remember that. And this is where I'm saying, like, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I'm sure it's on my Instagram and we've talked about it before on the podcast, but they gave me a, like a significantly lower number than I was expecting. Right. Like, I think the number that she told me, cause she was like, all of it. I was like, yeah, all of it. So she went and she talked to her sister. There's like three sisters together. And uh, and they're like, 300, right? And I'm like, so now my heart's really beating. And I'm like, oh my gosh, 300. Like, this is a good deal. But then I'm like, all right, I'm going to do, what's the, what's the worst that's going to happen? And I was like, all right, could you do 250, right? And at this point, like, they're kind of wondering, like, you really want all of it? When he... And so I kind of just made a couple of comments like, yeah, my mother-in-law, she she has like a big Christmas village and she loves Christmas village stuff because she does. Her Christmas village is a smaller scale than Department 56. So she wouldn't want any of these pieces anyways. But like, I was afraid to say like, hey, I'm a reseller. I want to get it for 250. Uh, but I was just like, how about 250? Which, which isn't that far off. You think about it. Like mm-hmm. you probably now you probably would have said two. Yeah. I mean, I might have, but um. But again, I was already like, in my mind, is like, if I get this at 300, it's already a steal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? I get So that. if I can get an extra $50 off of this. So I, I you know, 250 and, uh, and they talk again and they're like, sure. And I'm like, this is crazy, right? Like, I cannot believe I'm getting all this. And we get to the point where I actually didn't have enough cash. I had to, to Venmo. My Venmo account wasn't working. And so I had to like call my oh, wife so and be worse. like, babe, I don't have time to explain this. But I need you to Venmo uh, this person and it's at blah, 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 blah. And she's like, oh, okay, right? So she's been, and I'm literally shoving these boxes in my car and like I have no room left, like barely any room in my car. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do another walkthrough because I haven't even looked at anything else. All I looked at was the Department 56. I'm like, I have to score this stuff. And I find this model car. Um, I don't remember what it was like. I don't know. It was an old school model car, big, though, like a big scale, pretty big box. And I open it up and some of the pieces are already like assembled and there's like a couple of like boxes in there where pieces are shoved in. And I'm like, I have no idea what this thing is complete, but I look it up and there's, these are selling for like $200, $300, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like, how much for this? And they're like $5. I didn't even like barter anymore. I'm like, sure, take it, right? And so I sold that piece, that model for enough money that it covered the entire Department 56 buy. So incredible. So then I still have several Department 56 items significantly less than I had when I started. But it's amazing that like every every couple of weeks, I'm like got one or two Department 56 sales. And I'm like, this is all just pure profit. And if I wouldn't have done that one more loop around, I mean, it still would have been pure profit after a couple of sales. But just just being willing to like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get greedy here. I'm going to walk around now that my car's already full. 
And it was the icing on the cake, right? That one thing, $5 paid for. And I know that's not perfect logic, but it, you know, it can kind of help you think about it. Uh, and so I remember just getting home and like telling Heather, my wife, like, I've got so much department 56. I mean, we were, we were just beyond stoked. And, uh, luckily she took care of all the listing of the department 56 stuff because that's not something I was excited about, but she pounded them out and, uh, yeah, we're still consistently getting department 56 sales. So no, I remember when you got that score, I remember the Instagram story, your car was packed, like packed. So, and that was the day that I had a terrible garage sale day. I think we have a picture on Instagram where I have like nothing and you're like in front of, I don't know where you're in front of, but you have like department 56 all laid out the next day. You actually brought it in this room and it was all like all over the place. So that, that was great. Yeah. yeah it's a good, uh, it was a good deal. And, and, you know, it taught me a lot as a reseller about negotiating, being willing to lump things together uh, and really just a thrill because there's, there, there's a big thrill when you find something for $5 and you could sell for a hundred. Uh, but there's a, another thrill in, I'm going to be spending more money than I've spent on one purchase at this point, you know, it's true. And, uh, I know this is going to pan out, but, uh, you know, it's, it was, it was a big deal. And so, and just the the heart racing of what if they said no, what if they said no to 250 and like, you know what, we actually don't want to sell it for 300, even like maybe oh. five, like anything could have happened. So, uh, it was, it was good times. You handled it well. That yeah. was good. Yeah. What about you? What's so, your first story? In these, they're not the biggest scores. Like one of them is going to be probably my biggest score. But I I like to share when I find things that I had no idea about and it turned out to be a great score. So there is a story that shall not be named, which is kind of funny that somebody today on Instagram was like, why do you guys call it the story that shall not be named? And we've always made fun of the fact that, you know, there's all these conspiracies that like, you know, that store follows people on social media and watches YouTube. And that's why we decided to call it the store that shall not be named. So you never find out what we're up to. Yeah. But then somebody today, I just saw somebody messaged and goes, I love the satire. That's hilarious. Plus they should be paying you anyways to say their name. <laughs> yeah. They're hey, not a sponsor. So we're here for you. If you want to sponsor us. Yeah. We will name your store. Yes. We'll put a banner on the front. Yeah. At the this, price is right. We'll probably lose half of our listeners, but you know. So I, I there was a store that should not be named that I used to go every day. Every day. Now I go maybe once every two weeks just because inventory has been not the greatest. The prices haven't been the greatest. And I had a really great friendship with everybody at the store. And and pretty much 95% of the people that were there during I call this the golden age of that store are no longer there. Which makes me kind of sad. Now, there's great mm. people there, too, that I'm friends with. But a lot of the great people that were there are no longer there. So this was the time when I pretty much could go every day to the store and have a home run. Not just, you know, little bread and butter, you know, $20 sale, $30 sale, 50 But home run pretty much every day. This was, I, I'm, and I think it's purposely... That way, I don't know if they even said that correctly. I it ended up that way because I their management there didn't send everything to go online. Mm. They put stuff out sometimes, and it was great because you know you might think, oh, they could have made more money, you know, if they went online. But in actuality, they made more money because it it had me going there every day, mm. and then I would also pick up bread and butter items. So I think that store was better off for resellers and for the store when they did not make things happen that way. But unfortunately, it's gone south. So back to the story. I don't even know why I went there. So I show up and I'm walking around and I see this kind of like old colonial gadget from like the 1800s. 
And I'm like, this is this is interesting. Like, wh- what is this? And I, I really had no idea what it is. I, w- I wish I had the ability to, you know, put it up here on the screen, which I know some people want us to. But if you take a look at it, it looks it has like all these needles. Send me the send me the picture. I'll put it on. You'll put it on. All right. Yeah. You'll put it on. This is our first bolo that we're presenting too. Yeah. So it's this kind of thing with a bunch of needles. And I'm like, what is this? But the lucky thing for me was that had the manual inside. It had the old box and it was called a Martha pulling pleater. And I guess it makes pleats on skirts. Yeah. I think until this day, I still don't know what's going on. Hey, you don't have to know what it is or how yeah. it works to sell it. Well, and that was, that's what I love. So it was only $5. And I'm going like, I wonder what the deal is with thing. Like I'm looking up the comps. I'm like, even now, if you look at the comps now, look at those comps. 225, 199. These are all pre-owned. Mm. Right. And so I, I get this pulling pleater. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for it. $5. I go home. I actually was like on top of things. I listed it within an hour and it sold within like three hours for $175 plus ship. Nice. I was like, what is this? So then the next week I go back in the store and this is before Instagram. So I didn't share this, but somebody caught on because then it was in the display case. I'm like, oh no. I look and they they jacked up the price to 20 bucks, but I knew the value of it. And so I picked it up for 20 bucks. Sure enough, listed that one within a few hours, sold that one for 150. Nice. But still worth it. And the reason I like that is because it re-engaged that curiosity. Mm. Right. Normally, you know, I right now I'm very quick about I know what I want, I know what I'm looking for. But you Mike, you've talked about this that. Sometimes it's good just to be curious because you you open yourself up to learning new niches, to making more profitable buys because you find other things that are valuable. And it and it's that whole thing of, you know, I'd shared before when I first was started kind of seriously reselling on the Christmas breaks when I was still teaching, I would go full time for three days and see what it's like. And I'd be miserable because I couldn't find anything. Mm. But it's not because I couldn't find anything. It's just I didn't know enough to be able to pick up a lot of items. And so that pulling pleater, that was a pretty nice hustle of the week for me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, like you said, like being being naive and curious can be a really good thing. Now, there's a time and a place for it, right? If, if you're just if you're doing retail arbitrage and you're on a hunt for a specific item and you don't have time, you got to get to certain stores. Maybe it's not the time to to be learning a new niche. But if you're at a thrift store and you've got time and you've already kind of hit a button, you know, spend some time looking through boxes and looking up stuff that you don't know what it is. And you never know, you'll find a, an old antique vintage random machine that's worth some money. Yeah. And it was tiny. And literally it's probably as long as a cell phone and probably as tall if a cell phone is standing up. Hmm. That's it. So super easy to ship too. Yeah. So keep an eye. See, we're giving bolos too. Yeah. Bolo. Bolos. All right. So that is mine. All right. Now, Let's get to some listeners. Yeah. I should have like a separate a separate sound for listener hustle. <laughs> listener hustle of the week. All right. So we have a few of them. So this one is from Fabian, IG handle, Lev underscore apparel. And I, I hope I said that right. I actually said, I actually called and I left a message. I said, if it's Fabian, hit one. If it's Fabian, hit two. So I hope I, I got the right one. So picked up a vintage Lobo DC Comics 1993 Bite Me Fanboy Punk Rock Jean Jacket. Wow, that's a mouthful. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they came on the listing. I didn't know what it was, right? I saw, you know, she po- uh, they posted Hustle of the Week on there. And so I was like, all right, I, I wonder what this is. So I did some researching and yeah, it's, it's part of a comic book genre and it's popular and also is cool in the punk rock scene. It's a pretty legit jacket. So if you want to see it, go to Hustle of the Week. It's in there and follow that hashtag, by the way. So here's what's awesome about this flip, though. So Fabian found this on Poshmark for $15. So this is a retail arbitrage. Is it called retail arbitrage for some Poshmark? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say retail, but uh, it's plat- arbitrage. It's platform arbitrage. That's platform what we'll arbitrage. So resell, ar- well, all reselling, I guess, is arbitrage, but you know, you know ki- what I'm saying. Some kind of arbitrage. So <laughs> PA, platform But here's arbitrage. the thing. You can always find deals. I- I'm telling you right now, I have... So much stuff that I haven't even opened up that I bought on eBay that I'm going to flip for a ton of dough. Yeah. I found stuff from the late 1800s the other day and I paid $200 and it's going to multiply into major profit. Yeah. Vintage. That's like, that's like real vintage. It was real vintage. That's why I picked it up. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. I know. Uh, antique. Is it antique a hundred years? Yeah. Is it's antique. The, yeah. I think it's not even vintage. I think, I mean, I'm sure every, every like specific thing has its own like code of like what what's considered what. But I remember when I was... Because I'm an English guy and uh, I do a lot of, I don't sell a lot of books. Everybody wants to know how much it's sold for, but we're going to hold it in suspense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, but there's like, you know, after a hundred years, a book, I think is that's when it gets to like the antique phase. Like it's, that's finally, years is antique. it's actually moved into that. So, uh, so yeah. So picked it up. Okay. For $15. How much did they sell it for? Flipped it on eBay for $225. That's amazing. That is That's the way to do it. That means one, you had the eye. You know what you're looking for. Two, you made the move. You listed it high and you connected a seller to something. They they could have gone to Poshmark and bought it for 15. Yep. But instead you did. And you know what? That person believed it was valuable enough to put up the $225. So Fabian, that to me is an excellent hustle of the week. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. That's amazing. That's really good. Awesome. Uh, our next one comes from Angela uh, at the short stick seller. Stack. Short, short stack. stack. Short stack. I, sorry, I forgot the A on there when I typed it out. So short stack seller um, picked up a Zara Man Utility black button down jumpsuit uh, at an off price store on clearance for four dollars. Listed it for a hundred and ninety nine due to not finding comps and posted better photos. That's such a great tip right there. If you don't take anything else out of this this podcast list high and have better photos, right? And worst case scenario, you know, you come down a little bit, you take a lower offer, but uh, listing high, unless there's a ton of competition and everybody else is selling them for 50 bucks, right? But if there's no comps, you might as well list high and see what you get. Uh, so didn't see much interest and changed the price to 199.97. Not a huge drop. We're talking a couple pennies here, but a drop, right? Maybe that's all it took to, to trigger the algorithm a little bit, show some movement on this uh, it, item. It works. It actually does work. I, I, I haven't done it as much as I should, but if you just do a few pennies for a reason, that algorithm likes that. Hey, there you go. So, um, and ended up sending an offer to a buyer for $189.97. Uh, some pretty specific amounts here. The buyer <laughs> counter offered and sold it for uh, the Angela sold it for one hundred and fifty nine. So from four dollars to one hundred and fifty nine, uh, something you picked up on clearance at an off price store. Right? Yeah, because usually when you think of off price, you think of like doubling. Like yeah. it, it's not thrift. This is like thrift store flip. Yeah, kind right, but better because it's new. That's the nice thing with an off price store when you pick something up. The chances of it like 
having a random stain that you didn't know or like a button missing is way lower because, you know, it's a new item. Well, I, and also I was super impressed with Angela because she she DM she has like this notebook where she has notes of what the item is and she actually like glues the price tag next to it. So, you know, that that's a good way. I mean, there's spreadsheets and then there's that that's like fully detailed. Like, you know where you got it. You know how much you paid. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have picked that up. That was the other part of impressive to me. So $4 into $159. Angela, short stack seller. That was great. Yeah. The short stack seller. Yeah. So, all right. We got Hannah, IG handle. I am the last unicorn. Can you read that? That right? That's what it is. I, I A M D L A S T unicorn. Is that what it is? Yes. I'm that. Don't worry about. All right. Don't worry about what I type put on there. So, <laughs> just I, so I, you know, I, when we get when he he spends a ton of time writing up the notes for the show, so my hat's off to him. <laughs> he does a ton of work here. Uh, but but Google of, Google Sheets doesn't do the uh, does the underlying stuff when it's missed. Well, it's not going to catch this. Yeah, because it's uh because it's the at symbol uh, ahead of it, so it's a username. But uh, yeah, there's a few times where you know I try and read something, and you know it it's just it's a typo. It can happen. You know to, you've had typos too. If you're Maybe listening, you've they, done a typo. Hey, listen, stop judging Orlando. I would love it if we would be so huge that we would just have an assistant to look over our notes. Yeah. That, because that's what I, I mean, when I was a vice principal, maybe that's what happened. I got so used to an assistant looking over my notes. All right. So I am the last unicorn. I like that. I like the creativity in that username. So she went to an estate sale with her brother pretty late, right? Kind of like your story, right? Showed up late. Moved the magazine out of the way, kind of like you know, going through all the garbage, you know, at the estate sale and came across an old Atari console and looked up comps. Now, Atari, I usually don't look up Atari. Like there's usually it's like Nintendo's where the money's at. So it was an Atari 7800. Have you heard of an Atari 7800? Uh, I mean, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. I remember the 6400. Yeah. I think it's the 6400. I think so. Yeah. That was the one I bought. <laughs> Quick story. So my parents were so old school and I didn't know anything about technology that, uh, yeah, we didn't know that the coax cable had to be connected. We kind of just thought you had to plug it in and we kept getting, you know, the fuzzy screen mm. and we returned it. I think it's Atari 2400. I don't know, whatever. So that was said. So anyways, back to Hannah's story. So Hannah paid $85 for it. So she paid up, right? Mm -hmm. But she looked at comps. So she was confident, listed and sold in three weeks for $320. Nice. So that was awesome. Yeah. Well, that's a great find. So I really appreciate that. She calls us her godfather resellers. <laughs> I like that. I like that too. But... I think she's she can be in her own right yeah. here. So I feel like I feel like uh, if we're gonna be called the Godfather, uh, we we need to have like a little cat on our lap while we're talking about. So the next hustle. This is probably the most awkward episode I think we've ever had so far. Well, what you consider awkward, uh, other people might consider art. So yeah, okay. you know, that's fine. <laughs> that's how you want to say it. All, All right. right. So hey, thank you so much, Hannah. Appreciate it. I am the last unicorn on Instagram. All right, Mike, it's time for your second score. Yeah, so um, this one was super fun. This was like probably one of the most fun I had doing garage sales. And the reason why is a couple of times I tried to take my wife and son garage selling with me uh, when I was kind of new to garage sales. And I wanted her to experience like what I experienced when I went with you the first time, right? Like I wanted like all these garage sales and we just getting great stuff. Um, but it was hard because like trying to get my son out of the car seat and 
So what ended up happening the first several times of her coming with me was she would just stay in the car with my son and I would look and, you know, my son would be crying and it was just, it wasn't tons of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been there. Um, her, one of her friends at work uh, was having a garage sale and they lived significantly further away than we normally go to garage sales. Like she was like North County, County San Diego and we're like pretty far, you know, not that way. And so it was like, uh, okay, I guess we can go. She goes, well, she said if we wanted, we can come like an hour before they open up the garage. We could just walk around the garage and look at stuff. Right. I was like, all right. But she goes, we have to bring, you know, Judah. We got to like, you know, she wants to see Judah. So I was like, okay. So this is a community garage sale. Like the whole neighborhood's doing it. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to go anticipating making a ton of money. Like I would normally like just driving from car to car. We'll just bring the stroller and walk. I'm like, we'll take it slow. It's fine. And so we go and we actually found some pretty cool stuff at her friend's house. We found like a pin that was worth a ton of money, like an old vintage pin mm -hmm. and some other stuff. And it was fun just to visit, picked up some shoes and things. And then we're going and we're going from house to house. We end up walking to this house where um, there's just tons of stuff for sale, like all over the place. I mean, we've all seen those, but um, I'm listening to prices that she's giving people and the prices are really low, right? And then I noticed that there was like, you know how sometimes you go to a house and it's like all Harley stuff or you go to a house mm -hmm. and it's all Coca-Cola stuff or so you could tell there's like a collector of something. Yeah. This one was weird because there was, it was like 50s, like uh, media memorabilia stuff. And there was a whole bunch of like Humphrey Bogart stuff, right? Mm. Like not I've like- I've seen a collection like that. Yeah, like like a lot. And I even found some art. And the first thing I was looking at, like, I don't even know why, because I don't even look at like pictures, but there were some like nice looking pictures, like leaned up against something. And I'm looking and I see that the the name written, the signature says Bogart. I could, you know, tell that part. So then I looked it up and I looked up art and it was actually, I think it was like Humphrey Bogart's like stepmom or mom or something like that. That was an artist. Huh. And so it was prints. I think they were just prints of, of you know, hers. They, I don't think they're original. I didn't sell them as original, but still made some good money on them. Uh, but so I'm walking around and I see this statue and I didn't even know who Humphrey Bogart was. Right. And I look at really? the statue. And I'm like, this thing's weird. And Heather's like, yeah, that's Humphrey Bogart. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and so we're trying to like look it up and it's like a chalk statue or something. I can't remember the name of the company was. And I'm seeing that they had other ones, like other people, but the same style of statue. And they're selling for pretty good money. And so I'm like, I've got to pick this thing up. And so I'm like piling all this like Humphrey Bogart memorabilia and other like memorabilia together. And I'm looking through this box and this other guy like grabs like a box next to it. And he's like, I'll just buy this whole box. How much for this? And she's like, I don't know, 20 bucks. Right. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm like competing with people trying to buy stuff. So I've got this and I picked up this like pretty good size Humphrey Bogart statue. And I picked up this, um, it, what's the Spuds McKenzie, like a beer oh, stein, sure. yeah, yeah. like a pretty old school beer stein. And the cool story with that is I, I, I think I paid like $3 for that or $2 for that. And it sold to somebody in Germany. So I kind of just had this feeling yes. like, ah, oh, beer stein going to Germany, like it's going <laughs> home, you know? Going um, home. But uh, she said, cause somebody's like, well, how much for this? And she's like, I don't know. What do you think it's worth? I don't care. It's my exes. And so like in my mind, what made this whole thing so funny to me is I have in my mind for whatever reason, I don't know why they split. I don't know any of the backstory, but you know, you make backstories up in your head. Mm -hmm. I'm like, something happened. 
he ended up leaving or or she kicked him out and she's like, you know what? I'm kicking him out and I'm selling all of his stuff and I don't care for how much. So I can just imagine he comes back to the house like a couple weeks later and he's like, I want my stuff. And she's like, I sold it all, right? I want that Humphrey Bogart that's worth a lot of money. <laughs> he's like, where's my Humphrey Bogart statue? You sold the pictures, right? Like, And so I'm like, well, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And so part of me was like, I'm going to end up selling some of this stuff back to him. I'm sure of it. Like he's going to be on eBay, like Humphrey Bogart statue, Humphrey Bogart pictures, like wanting his stuff back. Uh, but you know, um, sometimes other people's problems can become your success. So, uh, it, it was just a fun, I mean, it was so much fun because not just because of that story. I mean, it's kind of sad actually. Um, but it was fun because it was, I, my wife actually got to experience like, good garage sales. Like we were going and yeah. we were scoring good stuff almost everywhere we went. And we had to end up like constantly going back to the car and filling it up and moving the car more than we thought we were going to. Uh, but it, it was a family experience where she got to experience filling up the car with a bunch of junk that sold for a ton of money. And the Humphrey Bogart statue was just like almost like a, uh, like a mascot in our garage for like several months. And when it sold, we were actually kind of sad. It was like, man, this thing was so cool. Just like look at, uh, but uh, you know, it was fun. So whenever you get a chance to go as a family, if you've got, you know, even if you don't have like a significant other, maybe you've got like cousins or friends, bring them along. And, you know, if it if it's a flop that day, that's a bummer. But man, if you can get like score after score and you're with other people, there's even more of an adrenaline rush because mm -hmm. they get you get to almost watch it through their eyes. Right. Of like you could sell this for 50 bucks see if we can get it for a dollar. Right. And, you know, they get to be part of that, that, uh, that, that, you know, back and forth bargaining. So, um, you know, I made a killing, made a ton of money at that, uh, those garage sales that we went to. And I got to watch my wife experience reselling. And I think that she kind of got hooked. I mean, she doesn't source as much as I do, uh, but she definitely likes going to thrift stores now and kind of looking around and scanning stuff. So. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because before we did the podcast, I mean, this is probably the only time I can remember that we've actually had a successful garage sale, a thrift store, like, right, route. Because anytime we do, if you even watch our YouTube videos, when Micah and I are together, we, we've had some success. But before the podcast started, you were like, hey, you know, take me on this route. And you can go back and listen to the cringiest episodes of all episodes one and two, where we talk about this. But it was crazy because... I think Mike was sold on reselling that day, or maybe you already were, but we got some major scores at the thrift store. And before that thrift store, we had major scores at the garage sale, right? So that's what it takes sometimes, you know? And sometimes when you take people, it could be a flop. I have a friend of mine that I took and it was a major flop and he still ended up becoming a reseller because luckily he, you know, I guess he saw something mm. right in it. But it's it's so important for people to understand what you're doing if they want to get into it. Like just just to tell people, it's way different than the experience of them going with you. So so good. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey everyone, ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code 
All in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code purehustle25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, You need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, So... First of all, is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Okay, so mine is... uh this this was this was a kind of a it was a hard hard one for me to say because the way I got connected with this item is a person that you know was was working at, at a thrift store and she was great you know we developed a friendship and and now she's no longer there and she relocated somewhere else but it was so good because you know when you network with people and you tell people hey I'm looking for Harley I'm looking for this I'm looking you know whatever it is I'm looking for video games I'm looking for Doc Martens I'm looking for this and this and this and you can get people in your network that will text message you and say hey by the way this stuff is in the store you should get down here now uh once we put it out and you know it's there for you and so it makes me sad because I really don't have anything like that anymore so I remember she had contacted me and what it was was about eight swatch watches and they were actually in the old like carrying case for a watch whatever it was and i was like sweet and i've never ever sourced a swatch watch like i've never seen one in real life this was the first time like i remember growing up in the 80s and 90s and it was cool but as far as sourcing them i i never had picked one up and and so i show up and these were awesome i mean they're all brightly colored total 90s you know uh, one, I think one of the watches was called like the Peter Gabriel Swatch Watch, right? If you remember Peter Gabriel, was he Talking Heads? Are well, you, I don't know. You're too young to remember. So, um, but anyways, 
So I thought these were all cool, but here's here's the catch. So the catch to it was that none of them were working. Right. And so I'm like, ah, like I, I don't know about this. Like, I don't know what to do. So I decided to make it an Instagram story, right? I, I came back and I showed on the Instagram story, like, hey, look at these watches that I got. The comps were pretty good. I mean, if they're all working, you know, I, I picked them up. I want to say it was for about 10 bucks, right? But they weren't working. I did the comps, each of these watches, you know, there was only like two or three listings up. And once those sold, I knew I'd be the only one I'd be able to list each of them for over a hundred dollars. Right. I think there's one or two that maybe I sold for like 80 bucks. And so I posted this on Instagram and then somebody on Instagram, I feel bad. I remember who they were. DM me and says, Hey, by the way, Orlando, did you know that Swatch will put batteries in for free if you just go to one of their stores? I was like, huh, it's kind of interesting. Well, at the same time, I was developing this friendship. Actually, I'd already been friends with uh, Hugo and Tiffany from Sell Quick, Ship Quick. And I knew that there was a store in Costa Mesa, which is, you know, not close to where they live, but it's about an hour or so. And, and you know, I was doing these like once a month trips. And I, unfortunately, due to COVID, I haven't seen them since I think January. And so I, you know, I messaged them. I'm like, hey, I'd love to go out there. We can do some thrifting and we always eat good. And then, hey, can we stop at Costa Mesa? So went up to Costa Mesa, went to the Swatch store, and literally, it was exactly how I was told. I show up, I'm like, hey, by the way, I have these old watches. Now, these watches are like 25 years old, right? Some of them were like 20 years old, but they're all vintage. They're like, no problem. Come back in an hour. I'll hook you up. Come back in an hour. Like, he had them on a tray, put brand new batteries. They're all working. Give me a Swatch bag. You know, I, I was like, I was pumped about this. And then I listed them. First watch sold for 125. Second watch sold for 150. Nice. Next watch sold for 130. Next watch sold for 90. Another one sold for 80. I mean, I, I made profit right off the bat. And so it gave me a new bolo to look out for. And, you know, the sad thing is I haven't seen a Swatch watch that's worth buying yet. I had one garage sale where somebody was trying to sell me some Olympic ones, but it was like some obnoxious price and I walked away. Second thing is now I know what to do if it needs new batteries. Unfortunately, I think because of COVID, the one in Costa Mesa is closed permanently. Mm. But, you know, I'm sure you can send it in to another Swatch store somewhere. But it was just it was just an awesome story because it went from, hey, here's some random watches. They don't work. So first of all, the networking piece, then the Instagram piece, the reselling community, then sell quick, ship quick, right? And their ability to let me hang out with them and then making it a whole sourcing trip and getting the watches and making money. So it was all good. Yeah, that's great. Plus of the week. Yeah. All right. Time for more, some more listener ones. But before we do that, if you haven't had a chance yet to follow us on social media, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. We are Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. You can also catch us on YouTube. Actually, somebody just commented that they've been binge watching our podcast. And uh, I don't know. Do I want to read what they just said? Let's just read what they said because they went over to YouTube. This just posted. Said, uh, where are you? Oh, I lo we lost it. Oh, here it goes. You guys are awesome. I've been binge listening to the podcast and didn't know what you all look like. Oh, no. Then they said, and seeing your photos was a surprise. A good one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was close. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much, Upcycle Flips. You can never unsee, you know, Mike and Orlando once you see us. So, so that they, being said, if you haven't come over to YouTube yet, come on over and hit subscribe. <laughs> they said, I don't know where this lands. They said, I thought you both would be vanilla looking. 
So like kind of like no go- no beards, maybe like yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have a thick accent. I I I don't know if it goes down that road. <laughs> uh, but uh, they said keep up the great podcast. So hey, thank you. So if you want to catch our mugs, and here's the thing. If you guys listen to Scavenger Life, I had my own image of what Scavenger Life looked like for like a hundred episodes, and the one time I saw on YouTube, I'm like, "What?" And I think it's the same thing with people that catch us. Now we've had a few people go, "You guys were exactly what I thought you would look like." I don't know what that means. I hope that was good. It's, it can be hard to tell with voices. I remember I, I listened to this random card game that I played um, pretty competitively, and there was a podcast based out of San Diego of like two of the top players. And I, I mean, I listened to hundreds of hours of these guys talking and I ran into them at a, at a tournament one time and actually got to play with them. And it was like, kind of like meeting an idol, like, Oh my gosh, I listen to you guys all the time. But like meeting them, I'm like, yeah, you look nothing like I thought you look like, like nothing. You look completely different. Uh, voices can be uh, deceiving. Uh, I always say, I wish I had a nice deeper voice that would, you know, nice deep voice, but you know, it is what it is. I've got this register. What can you do? You work with what you got. <laughs> so anyways, you can catch us on YouTube. Make sure to hit subscribe and that bell notification in case we drop some videos. You can always give us a call. Hustle of the Week. It would have been awesome if we could play some Hustle of the Week. 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. Yeah. Or shoot us an email at prspodcast at gmail.com. want to say thank you again to all the people. We keep selling shirts. That's awesome. We keep selling shirts. I like so it. We're going to be sold out here soon. So that's going to yeah, be good. Make sure to get I don't know how one soon. of a kind. Pure podcast. <laughs> And uh, thank you for the donations. Appreciate that. And uh, just for the support, the iTunes reviews, following us on Instagram, the encouraging words. It's been great. And we we keep growing. And so we're just grateful for all of you. So thank you. Yeah. All right. This is your turn to share. It's my turn. Listener. All right. So uh, our next listener, Hustle of the Week, comes from Jason, IG handle. I'm going to like let you tell me what the IG handle is because I, I don't know. So it's full-time real, part-time sell, right? Because they... But it's F it's F trail beat. <laughs> Poor Jason, man. I you know we fumbled this the last time, but he is a repeat hustle of the week. Yeah. So uh, originally he was on uh, we, for the blue Schroeder sweater, and he was able to pick it up for a dollar, and it sold for three hundred. If you remember that one on Instagram. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so, anyways, uh, thank Jason, you, Jason. Jason's hustle of the week this time. We went to the store that shall not be named. I feel like there should be like ominous music that plays when we say that. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe. Uh, and he picked up a new with tags LA Lakers sports specialty hat from the 90s for two bucks. Listed it on eBay and sold for $175. That's amazing. I mean, when you can do a hat flip like that, because a lot of times hats you can pick up for um, relatively inexpensive. The hard part is just knowing what hat's worthwhile and what's not. Uh, but man, when you when you score on a hat like that and you can sell it for that much, I've had a couple of hat sales that are are you know, similar close to that. And it's such a great feeling mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, it's often overlooked. I mean, I, I'll see resellers and thrift stores and stuff digging through the hats. Uh, but, you know, you got to know the niche. You got to know what's worthwhile. But, you know, look at those things. If it's old, if it's vintage, if it's in good shape uh, and it's the right brands. And like anything, the more you do it and you start to learn different uh, different brands, uh, man, that's a great, that's a great, uh, great find. I don't know. Were the, were the Lakers good in the 90s? I don't really... Well, there there's two reasons that that hat sold for three reasons it sold for a lot of money. Number one, it's a sports specialties hat, which is a hot brand, right? Kind of like that hat right there that we're staring at. So we have actually one in the office right now, and it's new with tags. Okay, so that's another win. So sports specialties vintage, 
new attacks, and it's Lakers. And Lakers stuff is hot, unfortunately, because of Kobe's passing and because they're a great basketball team. So all those elements combined have made items like that a lot of money. And right now, I would say overall, out of all the categories of hats, I would say there's a lot of money in in vintage NBA stuff. Mm. Right? We also had The Last Dance by Jordan, you know, the Jordan documentary. So there's been a lot of hype and so and and basketball court, card sports market is taking off. Yeah. So that's why I think that's why it was worth a lot of money. So nice work, Jason. Yeah. F Trail PT Cell on Instagram. I hope I hope you still listen to the podcast after this. Yeah. Well, uh, you know. Look up Hustle of the Week on Instagram and you'll find it. You'll be able to find his tag. No, I don't know. Actually, it's not there. That was a DM. Ah, bummer. So, all right. Hey, so next we have Joseph IG handle Joe Dempsey sales. So I like this one. The reason is I've never sourced at at a location like this. This was at a pawn shop. Have you sourced at a pawn shop? I actually haven't. I have not done. See, I know. Pressure. I mean, the college picker does a lot of that. I remember raking profit back in the day would do this a lot. And for a reason, I have this belief that they, they know everything already in the store. Yeah. Right. And usually my thoughts. They've already about, looked up the eBay prices and all that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, because you watch like Pawn Stars, which mm-hmm. obviously is all scripted. But, you know, and I, growing up, I always believed that like Pawn stores were kind of, they were like, check cashing places. No offense to anybody that runs a pawn store, but that's kind of how I viewed it, right? Mm-hmm. So they know better than me. It's best for me not to walk in. Now, after this one, I think I'm going to go this next week. I'm going to see what I can do. <laughs> Watch me completely fail. So, Joseph went to the pawn shop, saw a caterpillar. Am I pronouncing that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> caterpillar. I have a master's, by the way. Just in case you're wondering. Caterpillar. <laughs> Caterpillar Digital Pressure Indicator Group in case. I don't know what that is, but go to the Hustle of the Week hashtag and you'll see it. Yeah. So for $18, was actually marked down from 30 to 18 So that means that the pawn store wasn't able to sell it and they were trying to move it. Well, Joseph showed up, bought it, listed it on eBay, and it sold for $699.99 Plus shipping. We should just end the show now. Like that's it. Pawn store, $18, almost $700. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's the dream. You do that. Do that every day. You'd be a millionaire. (laughs) Nice work, Joe. IG handle, Joe Dempsey sales. Yeah. All right. Our next one comes from Tyler. I can say this uh, next IG handle at Jersey underscore gyms underscore. Sweet. Man, I got one right. That's like, I feel like we've ever redeemed us for the episode. Hey, I want to say one thing real quick, though. If you send us a hustle a week, don't change your username. Mm-hmm. I think this one changes a little bit, but I know other people have done that. And then like we shout out their username and then they've already changed it. They don't exist anymore. Hey, well, you know, but that's, he, that's what happened. But this, that, that didn't, didn't happen here. So, okay. All right. Um, so found a signed New York Knicks. Carmelo Anthony jersey at a local thrift for $7. Decided to get it authenticated by JSA for $57. I mean, that's always a risk, right? When you pick up something signed and you're like, is this real? Is it not real? But for $7. Stuff like that. But for 7 bucks, I mean, it's like, oh, what's the worst case? Now, 
I think this is pretty impressive that he decided to actually get it authenticated, actually gambled more than the $7, right? Because what if it came back and it wasn't? Uh, but sends it in to get authenticated for 57 bucks. Sometimes for things like this, I would just sell like, not sure if authentic, right? And sometimes you have to mark it way down, uh, but sometimes it'll still move with that. People are willing to take that risk. Uh, but, you know, uh, Tyler was willing to take the risk, got it authenticated, and it was authentic. So sold it locally within an hour of getting it back for $300 cash. So you had $7 plus $57 invested into this, $300 cash, no shipping, no, no fees. fees, bing, bang, boom. That's how you do it. So I, I, that's impressive. I, I've i never had anything authenticated. Now I'm thinking like, okay, maybe next time I need to do this. So nice work. Nice work. All right. So this is our last listener one here. So this actually today I was DMing back and forth with Mark Meyer. He's been on our podcast. He's He also was on that show Baggage Battles. Great guy. Awesome guy. Learning a lot from him. And, you, you know, we're just DMing and, you know, we share sometimes what we find and I was like, can I share this? Because this is really good. And the reason I wanted to share this is because we've had a huge genre of different sourcing opportunities, right? If you look at all these, we go from sourcing on Poshmark, off-price store, what's the next one? Estate sale, store that shall not be named, pawn shop, thrift store, and this one is at an auction. And that's what Mark is known for. So is IG Handles, Mark Meyer here, paid $3,500 for a trailer load. It's a lot of money to drop, yeah. right? But if you got it, there's a lot of money to be made. So the item I'm about to mention was $5 cost, right? Based on everything that was in there, if you kind of break it down to $5 cost. So sold a military field camping stove that would have been used in World War II or the Korean War at auction on eBay. And after 29 bids, it was bid up to $1,215. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I miss the sound of the cha-chings when there's an auction. Mm. Like I used to do That's auctions back up. in the day. Yeah, because you're like, wow, and you're looking at it, right? Go up. Now, remember, he paid $3,500 for this trailer load. That's twelve fifteen already. It's almost half of, well, not almost half, but, you know, it's somewhere around pretty there. Close. Pretty close, right? So overall, had $24,000 in sales from that $3,500 purchase. Oh, that's amazing. And I told Mark today in the DMs, I said, yeah, Mark, by the way, um, we're going to eventually do an auction, right? And California has been rough. I've been looking and w there really haven't been a lot of auctions. Now, I've been doing a lot of eBay auctions and I'll share one of those hustles a week, a couple weeks. But Mark has been so big about bulk buys and I 100% agree. If you want to scale, Right. I, and I've scaled, not scaled substantially, but I've scaled. And one of the ways I've been able to scale is through bulk buying. Mark scales like no other through bulk buying and through auctions. So I wanted to put this in there because number one, Mark's just a great guy. Number two, Mark knows this stuff. And three, this is evidence that, hey, if you're willing to go into these auctions and you know your stuff and you research and you drop a major, you know, pile of money, for something that could exponentially make you a ton of dough, it's totally worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. So thanks, Mark, for sharing that with us. Yeah. And hopefully we'll have you on the podcast soon. Yeah. So, all right. Let's go with our final scores here. Final scores. All right. Um, so I'm, I've, I've got a few that I'm thinking about what I should do. Um, and, and this one I think I'm going to do just because it's been one of the most interesting stories and experiences I've had reselling. 
And I'm not going to give the specific items that I picked up because I don't want to. It's still a niche that I'm kind of in that I feel like is, is somewhat untapped in my area. But um, I followed after, our, I think it was after our Craigslist Hunter interview. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure um, where he talked about making Craigslist ads, right? And and hmm. pulling people in with advertisements. And so this was a while ago. Him and, and Primetime both talked about that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was after our Primetime one. One of those like really triggered for me, you know, I need to start making ads. And so I I made a couple of, of Craigslist ads. Craigslist, right? Like who's using Craigslist anymore? But are they still out there in the netherworld? Um I haven't I haven't been posting them recently. Okay. They they, you know, probably expired by now. Um, but I I'm like, man, I need to get back on this. So I had a couple of different niches that I had a, a Craigslist ad post on. And, you know, it was hit or miss. Like sometimes people would contact me with a bunch of stuff. I'd be able to make sales. And a lot of them were small. And I remember it was prime time that was talking about it. Uh, because the hard part is you're working these things out and and sometimes it's like, man, if I was buying this for me, it's a great deal, right? Like you're offering me something at like half of what I would be paying for on eBay, but it's still not quite enough for me to like drive out to you and and all the, the fees and stuff I'm gonna have to deal with. Uh, so I had a lot of like, you know, hit or miss. Sometimes I'd get, you know, make a couple hundred dollars off the ad in a, in a week, you know, because I'd go to a couple people's houses and pick up some stuff. But I had this really weird message that came to me. I had a guy message me um, and I remember where I was, I was in my car getting ready to go into California pizza, Ki- California pizza kitchen. And I had to like, stop my wife. I'm like, wait, I've, I've got to like process this message for a minute before we get out of the car. And so she's like, all right. And he sent me a list, like basically a manifest of inventory. And he's like, here are all of the items that I have. And it was in my niche, but they were all different items. And he's like, I've got 10 of these new unopened. I've got eight of these new unopened. I've got seven. And this is really weird because this niche that I'm in is for the most part, like used items. And so I'm like, all right, this is bizarro. And so I, I'm like, all right. And so I'm asking him questions about these items. Like this is the, this version and it's, they're unopened and you have 10 of them. Right. And he's like, yes. And so I was like, all right, I'll pay you $800 for everything. Right. And then almost immediately I get a response back. That's like, no, that's too low. Just one of the items alone is worth more than that. Like, um, you know, sorry, play games with somebody else. Right. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and then like a half hour later, they messaged me back and they're That's like, brutal. Yeah. half hour later, they messaged me back and they're like, how much for each item? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like I'll pay you this much for everything. So this is what it would break down. Like if you're divided per item, He's like, no, tell me like per item, how, like he basically wanted a, a manifest back. Like, so for item a, there's 10 of them. I'll pay $30 each for item A and then I'll pay you $17.50 for item B, right? Like that's what he wanted. And I didn't want to do that, right? Like it wasn't worth yeah, it to me. You don't want to itemize. Right. And so Prices I, go up. I, I kept saying no. And then finally, like after several back and forths, basically I was told, like he basically told me like, just go pound sand, right? Like, you you know, you're we're, we're too far off. You're not, you know, playing the game. I want you to play it. And so I kind of was like, man, that's kind of a bummer. I was like, I can't believe they had all this stuff. And I almost bought like, just one of the items for a certain price, but it was just like, oh, well, I guess this, this is just too weird for me anyways. But Heather's like, they'll message you back. I have a feeling. Well, sure enough, a few weeks go by and he sends me another manifest, but it's completely different items. And I'm like, what is going on here? Right? So again, he's like, how much per, like for each item? And I was like, look, I'm not going to do that. And so I just said, like, here's what I'll pay you for everything. He's like, no, I don't want everything. And and the, the weird thing was the back and forth. He's like, okay, let me get to my people. So let me let me ask them if they'll accept this. And so like, I'm like, see, like, br- like the broker of this. Like, I, I, I was so confused. Wait, what is going on? And um, and so finally, I'm like, look, fine. 
I'll give you per item prices. So I'm like, item A, I'll, I'll pay you X amount total. Item B, I'll pay you X amount total. And again, he's like, no, like I need this much. And then so he gave me an itemized how much for each. And we were still way off. But I think I ended up offering like, I don't know, probably like 450 for everything on the second manifest that he sent me. And he's like, no. And then three days go by and he messaged me back and he says, fine, 250 for everything. And I'm like... <laughs> What? what is going and I think on? it was like 250, maybe it was 200. Like it was like a yeah. pretty low price, but it was lower than my original itemized amount that I sent him. And I'm like, okay, done. Right. Like how do we meet? And yeah. so, um, then he's like, uh, I'll have my driver contact you. And then, so I get a message from another guy like hours later and I'm like, okay. And I, so I asked him, I said, so you have all of these items. And I basically sent the manifest. Like, you're sure there's like eight of these and six of these. And and he's like, I don't know. Let me go check. And then so like, I, like I actually called him and he's like yelling at the other guy. And then anyways, I'm like, okay, I'm meeting this guy at a bank because there's something shady is going on here. And I want this on camera in case like I'm being like tricked or I'm going to be robbed or I don't know like if I'm getting stolen stuff. So anyways, um, I meet this guy at a bank and I have the cash ready and I give it to him. And I'm like, and the guy the whole time, like that was messaging me was like, don't expect to ever like get this deal with me again. Like this is way too low. And so he was kind of being rude towards me. And so Why I'm like, did he even go for the deal. Then? I, don't, I, so I don't know. Right. And so I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I'm assuming whoever his driver is like works for him and I want to get on their good side. Cause I want to like have a good relationship it's here like from a movie. Yeah. So I tip the guy like 20 bucks, the driver. Right. Cause I'm like, cause he's like, yeah, I had to drive all the way down to this place and this place to pick up the stuff. And, You're a nice guy. And, and he, and so I'm like, I'm going to give him a tip because I want him to go back to his person and say like, Hey, look, this guy's a good guy. Like, you know, we can keep working with him. Right. And so when I give the guy the $20 tip, he goes, please don't tell. Oh, cause that was part of the thing he said, plus gas He's like, plus whatever you want to pay my driver for gas. So I gave him 20 bucks and the driver's like, please don't tell him that you gave me this much money or he will take it from me. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What is going on? And I was like, all right, bro, no problem. I won't tell him. Like, no worries. And so um, I messaged the the main guy that I'm, I'm talking to. You're as like some organized crime deal That's what here. I felt like. And so I'm like, hey, like, thank you so much. I hope we get to work together again. And again, his response to me was like, so rude. Like, you'll never work with me again. Um, this was not a good deal for me. It was a good deal for you. Um, talk to you later or never talk to you again or something like that. Right. Then like several weeks go by and I get another message from him and I'm like, all right, this is like, this was too shady the first time. I don't really feel comfortable anymore. I'm, I'm, I've already made a ton of money off this, but like the second round that I had with this guy, I was like, okay, I'm not buying any more from him because I don't, something feels yeah. off to me. And so the second round was even weirder. He goes, here's the manifest of the inventory. Um, or I don't even, I think he said, I have some of these items plus more. Um, I'm going to ship them to you. And I'm like, okay, well, how much do I pay? And he's like, no, I'll ship them to you. You decide what it's worth. And then you pay me. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this, this is too weird. Like, and I'm like, okay, well, how do I, how do I pay you? And he goes the same way the driver did. You go to a Walmart, you pay the person, blah, 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 put it into this account. And I'm like, all right. I just stopped, stopped talking to the guy because I'm like, this is too weird. He's like, all I need is your name uh, and I'll send it to the, the FedEx store and you'll pick it up there um, and then you'll tell me what you think it's worth and, and pay me for it. And I'm like, there's nobody sells like that. Nobody says, I'll send you the stuff. You t so I, I've completely cut ties with this person just because I'm like, this isn't, this is too shady. I was about too to weird. say, why didn't you go back? But this, I forgot about this part of the story. Yeah. So uh, 
at that point, it's like, I feel like I have a clean conscience with the first one because it's like, to me, it's just like a, a weird situation, but you know, it is what it is. What can I do? The second time around, I was like, okay, this is too weird, too fishy. And I feel like if I, if I keep a contact with this person, um, I, I feel like I'm running the risk of getting involved in something I don't want to be involved in. And so, and he's never messaged me back. I basically just, you know, ghosted him and, and he's never responded back, but it was just the weirdest thing because it's like, I, I part of me is like proud of myself. Cause it's like, if I would have kept this connection going, I could potentially be making tons of money. Cause that's what he kept saying too. I could have you more stuff every month. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. This just feels weird. I don't, this doesn't seem like an item that people are like steal. Like this isn't like something like you can't, it's not like PlayStations or you can just walk into a store and steal them or something like these are pretty specific items. Yeah. And um, I know what these were and you can't, you can't get these at any regular store. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know how they're acquiring them. Maybe somebody has a warehouse of like extras or a shipping company and things. I have no idea. So, um, it, to me though, that is a story. it was, it was too shady, but I, I made a, so much money. I, I literally, it was one of my biggest scores ever. The amount I turned that like $200, I think it was. And I made thousands off of it, selling all of the stuff from it. And, you know, I think I've sold every single piece that I picked up from them. And to think though, I could be getting more, I could be getting more, but like, you know, you gotta, you have to have a certain amount of like, you like what do you feel comfortable so with? Yeah, I like my... That, and that's the thing too, is I don't, I don't want to be in debt to somebody that I want to be in debt to. Right. I don't even know who this person is. So, uh, you got to be careful out there. If you're, if you're reselling, you're occasionally going to run into, into some situations where, you know, if, if something doesn't feel right, you know, you got to decide for yourself, but, um, sometimes your safety, your, um, your, your own conscience, and maybe even like protection legally is more valuable than the profit that you can make. This podcast got so serious so fast. Yeah. But man, I mean, it was, it was, I still like, I'm just baffled by, by some of those conversations. And there was a little bit of a language gap too. So, um, like the communication was just awkward in general. Uh, but man, it was, it was the most bizarre story, most bizarre experience I ever had. Uh, but, um, you know, I made a lot of money on it. So there you go. It was a hustle. Okay. We should just end it on yours, but because <laughs> yours is, there's intrigues and suspense and yeah. all the elements of a great story. So I, I think I've shared this, but I don't think I've shared in its totality. So you've seen me share multiple posts on Instagram. I, I, I don't know. I go every six months. And there is this video of this huge Toys R Us receipt. It's probably, I don't know, I want to say 20 feet long. It's, it's, it's massive. So I want to give the background on this. So as you know, two years ago, right before Piers of Podcast started, Toys R Us was in liquidation mode. And I had been sourcing Toys R Us probably since February because some stores were closing out at different times. And so I was testing and trying to see what the price is, how low they go. Because when things liquidate, you don't want to try to buy stuff out the first day. You don't want to go the second. You want to go when it's prime time to make profit. And usually like 70 to 90% is a sweet spot. But if you wait too long, all the good stuff is gone. Or they find a huge buyout person and they buy it all out. And by the time you show up, it's just trash. So in February, I was sourcing a store. In March, I was, I was sourcing a store. And now we get into, it's about April, May-ish. And I already had made my, my rounds. I have so much to the story, but I'm only going to share one part of it. And at the same time, I was also resigning from my position as, as a vice principal at the school I was at. 
And one of the reasons is because I was making just as much reselling or even more so than I was as a school administrator. So the timing was right. But at the same time, I also was interviewing for other principal positions, you know, in several places, somewhere out of state, somewhere in state. I had a good friend of mine who had contacted me. He was the head of school and he's like, hey, Orlando, would love for you to interview come meet our team. And I already knew this school. I knew everybody. And I for sure thought I was a shoe in, you know, and I don't see anything wrong with that. I think you should always believe you're the one when you go interview because you, if you don't think you're the one, you might as well just not show up. So, you know, I showed up, my interview was excellent. It was me and like 40 people. And, you know, it was a, we had a great time. I totally thought I had a position week later. I'm driving and I'm driving up to the Toys R Us over in Riverside and I show up and what I had been noticing was that Playmobil was a pretty good brand. Like I never had thought about it. And this, I think it's the first time I actually brought out the brand on the podcast. Mm. Right. Cause I was going to say you were pretty secretive. Oh, I was super secretive. Like Mike, I showed Mike all my goods. He took me to the storage unit and like kind of showed me we were doing something and he's like, don't take any pictures. Promise me you won't yeah, tell anybody. Mike what this wanted stuff to do is. a full YouTube, bring the drone in. And I'm like, nah, like we, we got to keep this under wraps. Like no one can know. Well, I'm at a place now where I sold so much of it already that it's, it's not that big yeah. of a deal, but so let, let's get to the story. So I go in the store and I'm looking for Playmobil. Now here's what was happening. When Toys R Us is liquidating, the liquidation company was going into Toys R Us warehouses bringing out stuff that hadn't seen the light of day for like 20 plus years. And they're putting it on the shelves at Toys R Us. Right. And so some items, it said like augmented, which meant that it was either a, something that wasn't original to the store that came from the warehouse or B it's meant that the liquidation company was having in their own inventory and they're just trying to get rid of it. So I go into the store and I'm looking for this vintage play mobile. So I, I, I come across one of those lower end shelves and I see some vintage pieces and these pieces they were selling, you know, everything was 50% off at this one time. And, you know, it was like a hundred bucks for this one. You know, there was one like it was a wedding play mobile set from like early nineties. And on Amazon, it was selling for about 200. So it was a hundred dollars plus the 50% off. So it's 50 bucks. And literally it was covered in dust. Like you had to move your finger to see what it was. That's how awesome it was. Like the box was crisp. Everything was good. So I buy a few of these pieces. I go to the register and I say, Hey, by the way, do you guys have any more of this play mobile stuff in your store? They're like, nah, that, that's pretty much everything. I'm like, all right. So I go to my car and I don't know what it was. I have no idea what it was. Some call it Providence. Some call it the universe. I don't know what it was but I felt that I needed to go back in. So I go back in. I'm like, I'm gonna make another round and just see what's in the store. I make another round. I go right when I'm straight in the middle of the store, way in the back, there's an entire wall of vintage play mobile. I'm not talking about wall, like 10 foot wall. I'm talking about like 30 foot wall, all play mobile. I'm like, what is going on? I literally could have just walked out of the store and driven away and never have known. And maybe I would have slept fine because you would have never known. You would have never known. But now I knew I had never made a major purchase before in my life. 
Like I, I've made, I've dropped, you know, maybe at the most like a thousand at a garage sale, but this was going to be pretty big. I didn't know how big this was going to be. So I'm looking and I start scanning and I'm like, whoa, like even at 50% off, like I'm going to four X, you know, five X my money on all this stuff. So I'm going to try to haggle and make a deal because I want all of it. So the manager comes out. I'm like, hey, listen, if I bought your whole wall, can we make a deal? No. I'm like, no, no, seriously. Like your whole wall. If I buy everything, like, no, like people are going to come in. They're going to buy. It's on liquidation. It's on discount. I'm like, what? Like, and mm-hmm. again, had I read Chris Foss's Never Split the Difference, probably would have handled it different. Right. But this was, you know, two and a half years ago, two, something like that. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, whatever. So I'm like, all right. So I start doing the math and I'm like, okay. So retail, all this stuff is at least 10 to 12K retail. Hmm. On the, if I resell all this based on, you know, the fact that this is all vintage, it's new unboxed, it's probably 20 to 25K, right? And gross profit. So I'm like, all right, let's go for it. So they put it all on pallets and it ended up being like five or six pallets just full of stuff. So here's the problem though. The problem is at that time, I just had my Honda Pilot. Something in me thought I could drive this from Riverside to San Diego in two trips, my Honda Pilot. So think six pallets mm. on the Pilot. Now, if you've seen a Honda Pilot, they're roomy, but they're not six pallet worthy roomy. They're like one pallet worthy, if that. So I'm like, all right, fine. So let's buy this. <laughs> it took three hours at the register. Three hours because they had to, for whatever reason, they had to hand put the discount on each item. Jeez. So I'm waiting there. At the same time that this is happening, I get a phone call. It's one of my former bosses, my friend who invited me to interview for this principal position. He gets on the phone, here, Orlando, what's going on? I'm like, sweet, I got the job, right? Before Prius podcast, Mike and I were in the developing stages of Prius podcast. I think at that time we weren't even going to do a podcast. I think we were just going to do YouTube and we we're going to be called like Pure Hustle Thrift or something like that. I don't know what it was. Something flip. Pure yeah. Hustle Flip or something. And so I'm on the phone and he's like, and I'm at the register and they're like, hey, um, they ring everything up. So the gal at the register tells me, all right, that's going to be 5,000 something. I'm like, whoa. 5,000. I'm like looking at my credit cards. I'm like, all right, I think I'm good. And I had, I this is just when I started, you know, using credit cards heavily to do reselling. So I had to actually call and get my credit limit increased and they increased to like 8,000. I was fine. Don't recommend credit cards unless you can pay it right back. Cause I carried this balance for a little while. Well, my boss on the phone goes, Hey, Orlando, we love you. You're awesome. Da da da. But Unfortunately, he gives a position to the other person they interviewed. Like, what? But at the same time, I had the biggest score of my entire life sitting right there. So I'm like, you know what? This was meant to be. Mm. But that was the beginning of that journey. I know we only have so much time, so I'm not going to go too, too long. So here's the problem now. I have no storage unit yet. This was pre-storage unit. I had no vehicle to get anywhere. I'm in Riverside. Riverside's about an hour and a half away from where we're located. It's about three hours in traffic. So if I had to make two trips, that's about 12 hours, right? Trip down, trip back, trip down. No, well, it's nine hours because I don't have to go back after the second time around. 
So I'm like, all right, I don't even know what to do. So I started calling my buddy. So I call my one buddy and I'm like, hey, is it okay if I store a bunch of Playmobil sets like in your storage shed on your property? He's like, how much? So I sent him pictures like Orlando, it's not going to fit. So I kind of took personal offense. I'm like, what? You don't want to help me out? Well, now in, in retrospect, I'm like, no, there's no way it would have fit. So luckily there was a U-Haul nearby because I did not understand really how much stuff there was. So I ended up grabbing a cargo van, like one of those massive ones. Like a, like a big 15 seater. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it was. And they didn't let me take out the seats. So it made, it, it, made it even worse. So I grab, you know, I go pick up this U-Haul and it was weird because I had my car and I'm like, what am I going to do with my car? They're like, oh, you can leave it here overnight. Huh. Yeah, I was going to say like, what do you do? Like, how do But it was like in a bad part of town. Mm. There was a bar that opened up like a club that opened up like at 7 p.m. at night. And they're like, oh, yeah, just leave it here overnight. I was like, oh, all right. So, but I, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's hustling. And it was already, it was about like 5 or 6 p.m. So there's no way I was going to be able to make it all the way to San Diego. And I still didn't even find a storage unit yet. So we got to get all this Playmobil stuff into the cargo van. So imagine an assembly line of eight Toys R Us employees, like handing the stuff over. Like a bucket brigade, just like <laughs> whatever you want to call Playmobil. it. So we, we finally get everything in the van. Here's what's crazy. The van was so stuffed, I only had room to like scrunch my shoulders together and hold on to the steering wheel. Right. And it was crazy. And there was I all wish there was some video of this. <laughs> well, there's pictures at least. This all really happened. I did document some of this. We weren't even doing Instagram. I don't even know why I documented this. I just I was so I thought it was so cool, like mm-hmm. memories or something. And then the traffic hits. And it was miserable traffic. So it took me about four and a half hours. Oh. Now, during this time, I'm also trying to set up a storage unit. And every time I hit the brakes, all these boxes are like moving around. I'm like, no, like, am I losing money during this whole road trip, whatever you want to call it? So finally, I get the storage unit, luckily, and it's nearby my place. And sure enough, it filled up the entire storage unit. And I had no shelves either. Right. And with the shelves, it kind of gave some space. But I'm like, wow, like that was crazy. And so. There's a lot of takeaways from that. One of them is, well, I didn't even get to the part where the profit part was here. So here's the thing, right? We talked about I dropped 5K. I made my money back within probably the first two months, right? I did carry it over a little bit, but it was profitable right off the bat. Like, Because here's the thing. These were vintage pieces that people were looking for. So once it hit the Amazon warehouse... They sold and they were higher in value, like I said, than the retail prices. Here's the other catch. So some of this stuff stayed in Amazon. Nobody bought it. And while they sat there, they gained value as no one was buying them, which is weird because if they were valuable, people would have bought them. But for a reason, they didn't sell. I mean, I guess just because they're they're becoming more and more rare, right? Because if they're that old, I mean, how many unopened boxes? I'd imagine with some of those, like you probably have like, one ofs, right? No, no, like, and that's the thing. I I am like a connoisseur of Playmobil, and they do have a huge following. If you check on Instagram, they have a major following. They had a movie that dropped this past year; it wasn't very popular. Isn't that kind of weird? Like you can probably put that on your resume. You're like world class Playmobil <laughs> yeah, seller. Go. Well, here's the thing: I would have people that would message me on eBay and say, "Hey, 
would you do 30? I'm like, no, this is the only one in the world. I need a hundred dollars and then people would pay for it. Right. So, right. Drop 5k. And by now I've easily cleared 25k. Nice. 25k. Like without a problem. And I still have a lot of inventory. I don't have a ton. I'm probably down to maybe 20% of what I purchased, but I'm still getting random sales here and there. I did help that these items ended up in Amazon world somewhere stranded. And so they, you know, they went up in value and I'm selling them for more on eBay. I think eBay really is the place for vintage toys. Mm. It's not Amazon, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a look to Amazon for I stuff know. like that. You know, I don't. Well, it, the listing was there when I scanned it. So mm. I thought, hey, maybe it was. So few takeaways from this, right? One is when there's an opportunity, you got to make it happen. Mm. Right. I, I, I have already shared, like, I didn't know if I had enough credit. Right. I made that happen. I had no way of transporting the goods. Oh, by the way, my car was safe the next day when I came back. Oh, so that was good. That would have been miserable if I lost all my profit because my car got stolen or something. And the other part is learning that some things can be very valuable if they've been like out of existence. Right. This is stuff that had been sitting in a dark warehouse that no one had touched. And so that to me is probably, I don't know if I'll ever be able to beat that hustle. I think because of, you know, the fact that it happened at the right time, right? It, it guided it. When you needed it the most. Yeah, it jump-started my full-time process, mm-hmm. right? I was only full-time for a few weeks, if mm-hmm. that, right? It, it, it encouraged me that this can be done it taught me that I should be able to make bigger deals because it's totally worth it in the long run. Mm. Right. We know some resellers that like they take out major loans and do, and I'm not saying do all those things, but if you got to scale, sometimes you got, you got to go big. Right. That's true. And so, yeah, it was, it was an exciting time. I still relive those moments. I still post on those about those moments on Instagram, but definitely memorable i wanted to finally share that whole story and that's only a piece of the toys of us liquidation story yeah like there's so much more to it yeah so stay tuned for part two sometime down the road sometime down the road but hey hopefully this episode was helpful encouraging gave you some things to think about brought you value as to what to source bolos all that good stuff and uh, really appreciate everyone who shared with us. And then with that being said, hey, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Please.